Um, we've got the lovely Karen this morning on our church anniversary. I think it's 13 years, am I right? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Marvellous. Uh, right, we've got the lovely Karen this morning and she'll be doing her first church anniversary. I think it's 13 years, is it? My maths is terrible. Uh, there's just one notice this morning. Uh, it's Sandra's uh, wanting people, if they've got any spur cord hangers at all. Sandra, are you in here? Yeah, stand up, Chuck, let them know who you are. Why not? <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's all right. No, I'm only kidding. Um, it's for, uh, clo- for a clothes stall. So, but if... If you leave them on the back there, or uh, if you see Sandra, give them to it. If you don't, if you're not about, put your name on it so she knows who to thank for for the uh, for the donation. All right, uh, just a little prayer now. Living God, in this building used to the sound of singing, this building which has seen baptisms and funerals this building where people have come to be married or to celebrate the birth of a child, this building where people have wept and been filled with joy, this building where people have wrestled with deep things of life, have prayed urgently, been stirred and changed, in this building where you have so often been with your people, be with us now. Amen. Praise to God. And as I say, we lift up our hearts in joy. If you can respond with, we praise you for your goodness. We lift up our hearts in joy. We praise you for your goodness. Loving God, we bring you our praise on this church anniversary for the gift of the world, its ever-changing beauty and its rich resources. We lift up our hearts in joy. We praise you for your goodness. For the gift of people, the splendid variety and infinite possibility of the human race, we lift up our hearts in joy. We praise you for your goodness. For the gift of the church, its faithfulness in adversity, its fellowship in the gospel, its fearless witness in every generation, we lift up our hearts in joy. We praise you for your goodness. For the gift of Jesus, Saviour of the world, friend of all people, Lord of the church, we lift up our hearts in joy. We praise you for your goodness. Let's sing together as we sing, praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you.
sung together, we turn to you. King, in a kingdom, broken lives are made new, so we confess to God. Loving God, we've misused your gifts. We've marred the beauty of the world and wasted its resources. And we are sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. We've been impatient with other people, lacking in understanding, short on love. And we are sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. We've been untrue to our heritage as a church, unexpectant in our worship, half-hearted in our service, hesitating in our witness, and we are sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. We've failed Jesus, neglected his example, turned aside from his way, and mistrusted his promises, and we are sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. In your generous love, you see us and hear us. You say to us, your sins are forgiven. We lift up our hearts in joy. We praise you for your goodness. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. Isn't it wonderful to have an anniversary? But what is an anniversary? Shout out. Return of an event. A celebration. A birthday. Remembering pastimes. Looking forward to the future. Anything else? Giving thanks for all we've had. Okay, let's see how many of these you got. Thank you, Luke. Next one. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> right, so you got, did you get wedding anniversaries? Oh. Next one. Birthdays we got. Commemoration of an event of when it was built. The Preston bus station, no less. And the next one, please. Corporate anniversaries. How many people have been in businesses and had anniversaries in their businesses? Next one. Job anniversaries. Um, for a while, I was on the LinkedIn network, and they would say, oh, congratulate so-and-so on their job anniversary. The next one, historical anniversaries. We mentioned that where we commemorate an event. And one of those we really remember is coming up very soon, remembrance. And another commemoration of event, our Lord's Supper. And the next one. So happy anniversary, we said, is all about celebrating. And is that the last one, Kate? Right, so today we're celebrating the anniversary of this church, 13 years old. But, and the next one please. There was also the founding of that Bamber Bridge Methodist Church, um, I understand in 1878. Okay, but did you know, and I only found this out from Eunice this morning when I was asking another question, did you know there was an even earlier church? Yes. Oh, well, I didn't. <laughs> In 1821. So we're coming up for 200 years in 2021. Yet, even before the building, there was the formation of the Methodist Society in Bamber Bridge which started even years before even 1821. So we have to remember this. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, the church is made up of people. So let's remember that. And remember that God is building a people of power 
So we're going to sing now from Songs of Fellowship, number 111, for I'm building a people of power. just so that you know, the sermon today is going to be slightly different. As in all good um, Wesley sermons, there are three points. And we're going to be thinking about three questions, but we're going to do them in three parts. And we're going to start with the reading from Matthew. Thank you very much. wasn't the right bookmark, but never mind. So this reading is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Amen. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Kate. Oh, no. Have you got the PowerPoint one? Right. The first question is, what does 
No, that's, that's the second one. <laughs> okay, it's only one slide, and it says, what does the anniversary mean for the church? Aha. So this is the question we're going to be thinking about. What does the anniversary mean for the church? Well, firstly, our natural inclination is to think, if we're honest, of the building. It's upkeep, it's maintenance, because after all, we're stewards caring for the next generation and all future generations. And I wonder how the building has changed over the years. Those of you who knew the original building, and that sounds like many of you from the ahs I got when the, when the slide went up, you must have seen small changes in it over time, whether this was repairs or maybe when it was repainted or features restored. Yet eventually the church decided it was not fit for purpose for the current age which has led to the development of this beautiful building. I wonder what people outside the church building see when they look at it. Do they think it's welcoming, accessible, interesting, thought-provoking, busy? What do people see when they gaze through the windows or the doors? And what do you see when you look through the windows and out beyond our doors? If we consider what the church exists for, it changes what we see. It's not just for those of us inside its walls, but primarily, believe it or not, it's for those outside its walls. The church building is for gathering believers together for worship, support, learning, sharing and encouragement to be able to go out beyond those walls to live for Christ in our daily lives by serving those outside, letting them encounter God's lavish love and extravagant grace as demonstrated by Jesus and to introduce Christ, our Saviour, so that they too may come and gather for worship. Because great is our redeeming Lord. We're going to sing now number 683 from Singing the Faith.
lead us into our second question. We're going to have a reading from 1 Peter. Second reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 4 to 6, headed, The Living Stone and a Chosen People. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God, and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Amen. Thank you, Chris. And now we come to our second question. Thank you, Kate. What does being a spiritual house mean? Well, firstly, we need to be built on Christ, the cornerstone. Thank you, Kate. A cornerstone will sometimes be referred to as a foundation stone and is symbolic of Christ, whom the Apostle Paul referred to as the head of the corner and the chief cornerstone of the church. Then we as living stones are built on the cornerstone, Jesus the foundation. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> Ephesians two twenty-two to 20 says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets... Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So how does our spiritual house grow? Just as a new building is being built with each stone or brick that's added, you can see the shape changing and becoming more of what it was intended to be. So too with this spiritual house. As each living stone is added, it is becoming more like the spiritual house God intended it to be. Each living stone has a crucial part to play, especially in relation to the other stones. If we think larger than just this congregation and think of all the Methodist churches of the circuit, the district, the connection, the global Methodist church, imagine the larger spiritual house that's being built. Then if we consider our brothers and sisters in the Church of England, whom we have a covenant relationship with, and visualize them as growing as a growing part of this spiritual house. That's even before considering all the other denominations and believers around the world that are also living stones being built into God's spiritual house. Our spiritual house grows and changes with each new living stone that's added. And this means that just as the church building was reconfigured to meet a changing context, so too we, as living stones, need to come together in new ways as others come in with varying gifts, talents and visions. There may be times that we need to let things go, to let new growth happen. For example, I know you've experienced changing service patterns during the review of the circuit, where we're working with God's people from other churches or working ecumenically, recognizing our relationship with other denominations. God calls us into community, and Jesus prays that we will be one. One big church with a capital C. That doesn't mean the little churches change. It just means that we're working together more as Christians. 
in these changing times and contexts as we continue to grow as living stones into the spiritual house God planned for us to be. We need to love each other. Not just that surface love when disagreements or differences of opinion or different ways of doing things, but that love needs to be real. We're going to sing, Let Love Be Real, number 615. question. Thank you, Kate. Talk three, it should be. Right. The question is, what does it mean today that Jesus and us are living stones? What does it mean today 
that Jesus and us are living stones. Peter became a living stone when he declared, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And there would have been an image there. (laughs) The same is true for us. When we come to know, believe and trust in Jesus, our faith becomes alive and we too become a living stone. Okay, so there's the, the question. And we'll go on to the next one, please. So basically, we're asking the question, who do you, each one of you, say that Jesus is? The Bible says we're living stones under construction, being built into a spiritual house called the church. Oh, it's a bit small, that one. But basically, it says we're living stones under construction, being built into a spiritual house called the church. As living stones, we need to grow as Christians. We all feel a need to grow in our lives physically, and spiritually, this is no different. Thank you. We need to have a desire to grow, but also to acknowledge a need for assistance to grow. Just as a stone can't form a house on its own, neither can we fully grow if we're alone. We're called into community to be together. We need each other. Even Jesus had his disciples around him. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, had it right when he developed class groups. These were small groups of people who met together regularly to be open and honest about their discipleship journey. Not only to be encouraged by each other, but also to be held accountable to each other. I wonder, if we were put on the spot and asked to share, how's our prayer life going? Or, what have we discovered from reading the Bible this week? Or maybe... What difficulties have we faced in living for Christ this week? Would this help us own our own discipleship growth if we were with a small group of people whom we trusted and could be open and honest with? Would it be a motivator knowing that others are going through the same ups and downs in their Christian life? but are also supporting, encouraging, and praying for us. As we learn and share our own experiences with each other, we appreciate the importance of staying connected to the cornerstone, Jesus, and each other. Consequently, we grow not only in knowledge, experience, companionship, but also in confidence in talking about our faith. Bamba Bridge, considering its numbers, has few house groups. We need more if we're to really grow and develop as living stones for this spiritual house. I've heard that in the past, those who joined together for the Talking of God materials found it a very helpful experience. We're hoping to run another similar course in the new year, where following this experience, you can decide for yourselves whether you want to form some small groups to grow and develop further. But I want to stress, it's not about recruiting leaders. It's about forming groups of people who'll come together and to be share with one another. And we do that together as a group. We need to explore this journey of construction as we are being built into this spiritual house. Our church, the spiritual house in this place, is to reflect God's plan and purpose for others to become living stones and be welcomed into God's family 
finding a place, a home in God's spiritual house. We need to remember when we leave here and encounter other people, we may be the only Bible that people meet, that they will read. We may be the only Christian person that they meet. We demonstrate who God is by our actions. As the familiar sayings go, behavior speaks louder than words or actions speak louder than words. What you do rather than what you say means more. And lastly, Kate, the next one, thanks. We need to walk the talk. And I really liked this image because when you look at it, note, there are two sets of footprints. And that's to remind us that we're never alone that God is always walking with us. And maybe there might even be a third or fourth set of prints, as we know that others walk alongside us as well. I wonder, have you acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God yet? Have you decided that Jesus is the one, but are reticent about following him and walking with him every day of your life, growing as a living stone, being part of a church. If you'd like to discuss this further after the service, please speak to me or any of the stewards or anyone else that you feel comfortable with. It's really important to be open and honest as to where we are, even if we have doubts. Now, when you entered the church today, You were each given a stone. And I want you to take that stone now and place it in the palm of your hand. I want you to feel it. I want you to look and see the texture. Touch it with your fingers. Is it smooth all over? Or are there rough bits, perhaps pitted little holes? Are there some dark colours and some light colours? Perhaps that stone reflects our lives, the smooth parts where God's got everything in control. Or perhaps those little pits and holes that are the ups and downs in our lives. Maybe there's some rough bits that you can feel. Just as stones on the beach start off as rough by rubbing against each other, the stones and the rise and fall of the tidal water, they gradually, over time, become beautifully smooth pebbles. Believe it or not, God uses others to smooth out our rough edges, which is why Christ's church is inclusive and diverse. As we interact with others, not only are they changed, but we too are changed in the process. I wonder if any of you remember the program The Secret Millionaire. The millionaire secretly lived alongside the person or those involved in an organization who they were considering giving their money to. And during that process of interaction... Frequently, the millionaire stated how much they as a person had changed as a result of spending time with the other person or people, in addition to the millionaire helping to transform that other person's life or activity that they were involved in. May we learn to rub up against each other gently, prayerfully, and in God's sight. Take your stone home with you and let it remind you to reflect on your own discipleship in God's presence and also in others. And may this be our prayer as we sing number 409. Let us build a house where love can dwell.
house where love can dwell. Let us build a house where love can dwell and all can safely live. A place where saints and children tell our hearts and to forgive. And the hearts and dreams and visions, rock of faith and vault of grace. Hear the Amen. Please be seated. We'll now take up the offering.
Gracious God, we thank you for calling us to be your living stones. Thank you for all that you give us. Accept these gifts of money and those paid directly into the bank as a token of our love for you and our lives for your service. Lord, may these gifts be used to help build this living temple. We pray a special blessing on all the children in Curious. May they too grow and learn of you and grow and develop a faith in you. For we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. to our our prayers of intercession now and in our prayer book today um, we have uh, we're asked to pray for Geoffrey Holder and Jean Lomas who are both in Chorley Hospital uh, for Enid Bradshaw whose brother died on Friday and for Joyce Ellen and for Nicola who is Kevin and Ellen's um, daughter and also give thanks for the safe arrival of Indy Emmeline daughter for Zoe and Wes and the granddaughter for David and Eunice. Uh, is there anybody else who, um, who anybody wants to pray for this morning? Yeah. Your son David. Yeah. So let's pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we come to you now with our concerns for others. We know that you're always here to listen to us and to answer our prayers in your loving way. So we ask that you will help us now to pray. We pray for your world with its many problems. We ask for more action on tackling climate change. Pray that you'll show both governments and individuals how we can better care for your world. We pray for places in the world where there is conflict, thinking especially of Turkey and Syria, and pray for the leaders, asking that they will seek peaceful solutions to the conflict. We pray for the poor, and especially on our hearts at the moment are the families of the people who died in the lorry this week. We can't imagine the desperation that leads to such a situation, and we ask that you will comfort those who are waiting for news of their loved ones. On this church anniversary day, we thank you for your unfailing love that encourages, inspires and enables us to continue sharing the good news of Christ with one another and our neighbours. We pray for those in this church and community who are ill, anxious or sorrowful. We pray for Geoffrey Holder, Jean Lomas, Enid Bradshaw and David, for Joyce Elland and Nicola. And we give thanks for the safe arrival of Indy Emmeline. We ask that our hearts may be open to your presence and our ears may be tuned to your call. Loving God, we do not know what lies ahead, but we hear you challenging us to walk with you and with one another without fear into the unknown future. We pray that we will be made into living stones, that your good news will be shared and your kingdom may grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we join all our prayers together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Isn't it great to know that through the centuries, glorious things of God has been spoken. And we are continuing that message. Our closing hymn, number 748, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken, Zion, City of Our God. Jesus Christ, to go and love and serve the Lord. Amen. Let us bless one another with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you.